Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, hello. Sean Ross Sapp here. Fightful.com. It is the Wednesday Night War podcast for January 8th. We are talking AEW. We are talking NXT. If you guys want some New Japan coverage, well, we talked to, talked about that this past weekend. Myself and Jeremy Lambert covered nights one and two. Went back and forth between the two. Check that out over at FightfulPods.com or here on my channel. Still not monetized. We're working on it. Okay. But leave a thumbs up. Subscribe anyway. Mr. Warren Hayes is here. He covered both nights of Wrestle Kingdom live after the fact. Uh, let me just say this, Warren. Uh, night one a little easier than night two, yeah? Um, I from a disagree. time perspective, from a time perspective, Warren. Oh, from from a time perspective, yes, yes. From a time perspective, yes. Uh, night night two was, was a little better. rougher to get through. Yes, on that level. But we are also joined by Alex Palowski. You can catch his Raw and SmackDown reviews twice a week on FightfulSelect.com. FightfulSelect.com also had some exclusive news that we will talk about on this show. Alex, uh, one word: Who won? AEW or NXT? NXT. Yeah, I, I agree. NXT won. In fact, I would say AEW had one of its worst showings. And to be honest with you, since the Wednesday Night War, I would argue that NXT did too. But that's saying absolutely nothing because NXT is just always good. Usually so is AEW. I'm not making that argument tonight, but we're going to dive right into this uh, NXT review. You have Rhea Ripley coming out to the ring. And then, just how we love it, Alex, the old interrupting promo. Yeah, the interrupting promo parade, uh, yeah, it's it's not great. Um, however, in this particular case, I was like, wow, yeah, the, the, the women's divisions of NXT are crazy deep. And there are women who are not even in this parade. You could have added probably four or five more before I would say, stop it, that's enough. The next woman you, in, you you introduce is not a possible challenger for the title. Like they could have easily gone like nine women deep before they ever got to a point where I was like, "Well, that's a stretch." Like they're just incredibly um, stacked 
uh, top to bottom uh, in, in NXT. Um, and I, I did not love that it was a promo parade. But as promo parades go, I did not mind this because I thought there was enough individuality in all of them that it would actually, it, it, it led, it, it wasn't just like talky-talky. It was like, hey, Tony Storm says, hey, I know you. Remember how I beat you twice? And Neo Shirai says, mine, and points at the belt. That was great. And <laughs> Kaylee Ray comes out. She does her thing. I love her Scottish, uh, Scottish action. God. I think that's great. It was very thick. There's very, very no thick. way. <laughs> you are not going to beat me on Sunday. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, I, but my favorite part, is Bianca Belair coming out and going, okay, see, I know I'm better than you. I'm better than you. I'm better than you. To Tony Storm, you don't even go here. And I was like, I I'm done. That. I love Bianca Belair so much. I don't know why she's not on Raw or SmackDown right now as a top contender. Like, she, she'd immediately take over either brand on, on, on Monday and, and Friday, be one of the best things about watching either of those shows. Those shows are interminable to watch. If you had her electric charisma coming out there once or twice a night, it would make for so much more like interesting viewing. And as it is, she's like legitimately the fourth or fifth woman in line for the title right now on NXT. That's how much deeper NXT is than either Raw or SmackDown. I gotta say, without a doubt, Bianca Belair's line or MJF's tweet mid-promo are the yeah. two best promo related things that I've seen on on either show in, in quite a few weeks that just really really good stuff the Bianca Belair line you don't even go here perfect uh we saw Io Shirai out there too there are rumors and speculation that she might not be happy with WWE or whatever that may be um I don't want to even say who that's attributed to cuz I think maybe 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 Meltzer okay so I just did say but I don't know for sure <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> if that's that's what he said, that's what he said. Uh, I don't think it would be a terrible idea to add EO to that Kyrie Sane Oscar group, especially because I know that she'd fit in so well as far as what they're doing there, and it could spell yeah. them a little bit because they're they're rocking Oscar and Kyrie till the wheels fall off right now. Yeah, they could free bird the women's titles, and it exactly. would be so sure. much fun. Exactly with those three. My God, it'd be great. Well, Ripley Storm and Candice LeRae ended up winning. Candice LeRae, happy, cheesy, throwing up both of their hands. But What'd they did the thing where like she she was about to give Rhea Ripley the belt, but then she looked at it longingly and then was like, oh, just kidding. No, it's totally yeah. it's fine. Um, so, like, listen, I don't know who's facing Rhea Ripley at, at TakeOver Portland. I assumed it was going to be Shayna, but she was nowhere to be found on tonight's episode. So heard some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the stuff uh, at the stuff that you heard. But to me, not like not having her like mention anything. Usually, if they lose the title, they get like a cursory like I'm leaving the company rematch. Mm -hmm. But we haven't seen uh, hide nor hair of that, so I'm not I'm not sure. But um, but I love that there are so many women who are <clears throat> possibilities to face Rhea Ripley at Takeover Portland because the the, the Ripley era of women's wrestling in NXT is going to be so great because she has so many different part partners she can wrestle. And she, all you gotta do is tweak her, her, her personality slightly. Either way, she can be a badass baby face or a monster heel. It depends on who she's wrestling. Anybody she faces, she can easily tweak it to, 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 to be the perfect opponent for that challenger. It's going to be great. 
We get a message about donating to the Australian bushfires. Uh, seriously, if you all get a chance to do that, please do it. There are a lot of terrified people over there. There's a lot of rough things going on in Australia right now. Uh, we also see a video package narrated by Tommaso Ciampa where he talks about reclaiming the NXT Championship match. We still don't know what's up with NXT and the Royal Rumble. We have been given no indication. If he is in the Royal Rumble, I think there's a solid chance he wins it. I have a bit of a non-update coming to Fightful Select this week about WrestleMania in that regard. I'll just say it's wide open right now. It is wide open, and there's a lot of wrestlers that are very happy about it being wide open, and you'll kind of hear why in that update. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. But then we get the 2020 Dusty Rhodes Classic opening round match. Imperium defeated the Forgotten Sons. I think I have found religion, Warren, just because the Forgotten Sons lost. Oh, yeah, I know. For sure, for sure. Uh, Imperium are... Fantastic. You know, Marcel Bartel is legitimately one of the most underappreciated talents that WWE has swooped up. He was fantastic in WXW, and uh, he hasn't, you know, they tried him out with the single stuff a little bit on NXT, I think, last year before pairing him with um, with uh, Aikner and uh, then the Imperium stuff. And he's really found his footing. And he's actually the mouthpiece of the, of the group as well because – he can, he can cut a promo. Aikner is – I mean I've watched him since uh, when, I, when I was doing the NXT UK uh, stuff for, for Select. He's grown so much into a credible like tough guy, like a, like a badass, whereas geez, he, was, he was in the Cruiserweight Classic just a couple of years ago. He's put on, he's put on the beef. He looks good at what he does. He's in a, he's in a great position. Uh, look, I mean – Forgotten Sons is what it is, but Imperium man, they're uh, they're uh, heads above. This is fantastic. It's a the the right team won. Yes. yes, yes, and I will also say it's the best straight up tag match I've ever seen. Forgotten Sons wrestle like they were. They've been really good in like multi team matches where they don't have to actually carry their load throughout the whole thing. I thought they were good in the ladder match, the Street Profits one, but I don't love them as an act. But this match, I thought this was super fun. Like, there were no, like, extended babyface-in-peril spots. There was there was nothing like that. It was all just straight up, you hit me as hard as you can, I'll hit you as hard as I can back. Let's do that for seven minutes. And I was like, can all of the first-round matches be this? Ingredients are I, there. Spo- spo- spoiler alert, no, they can't. But <laughs> um, I-, I did love uh, this match a lot. You're right. The, the the right team won, um, but I thought the Forgotten Sons, especially uh, Cutler, now with the freshly shorn uh, hair, it looks a little different. It, it allows you to immediately identify if it's him or Blake in the ring, which is nice. Um, but yeah, I thought this was a lot of fun for what it was. I thought it was going to be a total dud of an opening round match, but Forgotten Sons got to said like they they did a sprint and that was a lot of fun. We talked about mouthpieces. You know who I'd have as Pete Dunn's mouthpiece if I could. Larry the Cable Guy, so he could say, Peter Dunn. Let's fucking go! I'm a genius. They're going to take this idea that done plenty of them. Hey, what did we see this week? A male manager for a female wrestler? Saw it. What did we see? Brand split clarity. When you see Larry the Cable Guy 
on NXT TV saying, Peter Dunn, you're welcome. You're welcome. FightfulSelect.com, please subscribe. Instead, Matt Riddle is interviewed backstage about teaming up with Pete Dunn. Uh, not much there, but then we see Austin Theory defeating Joaquin Wilde. Now, Joaquin Wilde is the former DJZ. He's an outstanding wrestler, but he is such a curious signing for WWE because based on what we know of him, it's, it's very, it's very much like when they signed Gunner. It's very much like when they signed Dexter Loomis. It's like, okay, we've seen what they have on a national TV basis for years in TNA wrestling. And it doesn't seem like something that will break out under the WWE umbrella. But it's like at the same time, if that guy were wrestling in NWA, if that guy were wrestling in MLW, I feel like he would stand out a little bit more. Now granted, he would not get near the attention, but he would be a bigger fish in that smaller pond. But that being said, Austin Theory is really awesome. He's really impressive. Joaquin Wilde is very good. He was a really good opponent to have here, Alex. Uh, it's just, you know, Joaquin's been battling, I think he had an eye surgery this year or an orbital mm -hmm. surgery this year and he ended up getting beaten. So it doesn't look like anything's in the cards for him right now, but Austin Theory winning this, obviously the right move. Yeah. I mean, um, jo Joaquin Wilde came to the ring looking like the third member of Daft Punk and it was just really weird that it was just... Like, he has to, like, really bend his head down to get into and, the ropes. And like, had to hold really it. Weird... Had to hold had it, to hold, too. Had to hold it in place so it wouldn't fall off his head, which was a really great uh, design of your headgear to walk to the ring if you can't get into the ring while wearing it. Max um, Moon never had to hang on to his headgear. That's, Goddamn that's right. right, he didn't. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think Austin Theory, like, he's 22 years old. So, like, you figure out, like, he's in, he's in, he's chiseled out of granite. Um, like he, he, he does feel like somebody like, like plugged a, a little, uh, like something into Vince McMahon's id and says, de design what a wrestler looks like. And he's like, ah, pal. <laughs> and that's what it came out with. Um, I will, I, I did, I thought the match was fine. Let's, let's establish Austin theory as a thing throughout the first half of 2020. Maybe by the end of the year, he's getting title shots, like, or maybe even earlier, depending on what, how I want to push him. But I think it's kind of interesting to like like ease him into this. I liked his match versus Roderick Strong on um, on Christmas Day. I will say we skipped right over the fact that Matt Riddle and Pete Dunn have a tag team name. It's the Broserweights. No, no, and no. Right, it's, right away, I'm I'm sold. It's Pitter Dunn, but yeah, the Broserweights. Yeah, sure. Broser, Broserweights is great. <laughs> sure I, I'm, i'll say this i'm glad matt riddle's doing something it does seem like his profile decreased a little bit and his mystique mm -hmm. decreased a little bit over the past three months and i don't think they needed to do that at like to get killian dane over quite frankly i i also feel like this is a prime team to have problems in the tournament and then get into a one-on-one -on -one feud. Sure. In which case, Peter Dunn versus Matt Riddle, you can give me that a few times. I'd like to watch that. Yeah, get or done indeed. Uh, Damian Priest is getting dressed backstage with the assistance of two young women. <laughs> this is this is read straight from Ryan Cook's description of the the event. So, you know, I'm focusing on AEW a little bit, and, and well, some of this catches me off guard. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's an, I will say this: it is an accurate description. 
<laughs> Amazing. See, this, this guys is why I have Alex focus on one show, yeah, Warren yeah. focus on one, and I try to take in both of them. Sometimes I miss something. <laughs> oh boy. Another opening round match. Undisputed eras. Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly are going to defeat Gallus who it may come as a surprise, but they are from the NXT UK brand. They are white. They do have beards. I know it's completely unlike anything you'll see in European wrestling today (laughs) or ever. (laughs) Alex, how'd you feel about this one? Uh, Didn't love it. Um, Like, Yui is my jam. Like, I love watching Fish and O'Reilly work. Like, they're so, like, they're always undersized. They always find ways of chopping down bigger dudes. Uh, Their selling is always fantastic, all this stuff. Gallus is not my bag, baby. Like, they've never been at all. And it's it's just a weird thing. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what, what it would take for them to be my bag. Maybe, but it's not this. It's not. It's not this match. They're it a didn't, bag. Didn't work all right. out at all. They're yeah, a bag. And like the yeah. thing, the thing about it is, like, I, I feel like I know that I know they're they are the NXT UK tag champs. That would not be my choice. I don't think they should be at, at this point. But you have to protect them in some way. They've got a, a title match on on Saturday or whenever it is. So um, you have to protect them. But it was. I don't feel like UE should need a, a well placed Enzagiri from Adam Cole. To, to put these guys away, no. like have a match, have a match. It's just mm-hmm. a weird deal. The, the thing, the thing with, with Gallus is Wolfgang is a, he's a good big man, right? A good big man, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, but nothing more out of the ordinary than that. Mark Coffey, bless his heart, is not Joe. Joe carries himself like a superstar. He, he's still learning and he's, I think, Honest to God, you look at Joe Coffey wrestle, especially when he's in, in big match situations, and you look at how he carries himself, how he cuts his promos. He's another Triple H. Like, this guy is – if he connects, if there's something that clicks, he is going to fly because he really has the look, the attitude, the way – just the way he carries himself. Mark is his brother, and – it. Well, he ended up with the uh, with the bad side of the jeans on that one. It's like, I just love the idea of Joe Coffey does all this thing. He carries himself like a superstar. But like Mark is his brother. Well, that's pretty <laughs> that's much the it. You could say about Mark Coffey. Mark but is that's Joe it. Brother. You have both guys next to each other, and Mark Mark yep. looks like a dude, yep. and you, and Joe looks like the star. You can be Jose Canseco, or you can be Ozzy Canseco. Both of them made the big leagues, but I get the feeling a lot of people are going to Google Ozzy Canseco here in a few minutes and go, wow, he's a thing. You know, you can be Peter Stastny, but the, you're, you you can also be a Marion Stastny. Yeah. Did, did you sure. know that Jose, Jose Canseco used to send Ozzy to, like, autograph signings yes. and stuff? Yeah, as him. <laughs> really? yes. yes. Brilliant. Yes. Brilliant. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> if you, you all had the chance, watch, watch the Bash Brothers Netflix special with uh, – the Lonely Island. That's that's good stuff there. Uh, Johnny Gargano comes out to the ring and uh, talks about his past month and his rivalry with Finn Balor. And I thought this was a really good promo. Uh, Johnny invites Finn to the ring, but Finn won't take the bait. Says that uh, the, they can have a match at Portland if he can make it long enough. 
Now, the thing I loved about Johnny Gargano is he, is he said that years ago when you got the call to come up to the main roster, WWE Raw and SmackDown, you couldn't leave quick enough. You couldn't drop that flag on the floor quick enough. Meanwhile, I got the call in August, and I said no. And not only that, he didn't just get the call in August. He got the call in, like, February or March, yeah. too. Like, it's... We're seeing this more and more where people are like, you know, I think I would rather work a lot less dates and chill out in Florida and work TV on Wednesdays, do the occasional loop. Oh, my God. Just like just imagine, though, like what what Vince would do with Johnny Gargano after like the first four months fizzled out. Like it'd be a oh, so, yeah, yeah, he knows what he, he's doing. He, he there's a very good chance that he would have been in the, the Tazawa spot this week. And yeah. there. But, I, but I, the thing that I loved about all of that was was the 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 inevitable conclusion of that of that line of thinking, which was, and then you did leave, and we got better without you, and yeah. that kills you. That we took off and soared, and we didn't need you, and that's what's eating at you, and that's why you came back, and that's that's a great line of thinking. I don't know if it's true. But I believe it's true, and I I know Johnny believes it's true, and that's all you need for a good wrestling promo. I thought this was just really good stuff, uh, but maybe my favorite thing on this show was a simple announcement. Alex Shelley will team with Kushida, take on the Grizzled Young Veterans next week. Um, that is so awesome. The Time Splitters back together. Kushida is one of my favorite workers in the world. Alex Shelley... The thing is, like, I grew up watching a lot of people like Benoit and stuff like that, Bret Hart. I think Alex Shelley might have been the first person that I looked at and was like, man, submission wrestling is really cool. I watched him a lot in TNA in the, in the 2000s when I thought from 2004 to 2009-ish that it was the best cable wrestling TV show around. I was telling Warren and Alex off the air that I think that Paparazzi Productions and the stuff that Alex Shelley did with Kevin Nash is the most consistently funny stuff that I have ever seen on pro wrestling TV. If you haven't seen that, go check it out in all of its 140p glory on the TNA <laughs> Wrestling YouTube channel. Uh, it is hilarious. It is Alex Shelley trying to teach Kevin Nash how to be an X-Division wrestler. It is Alex Shelley, like, creeping on people, like... Creeping on Sting and Eric Young in, in grocery stores and stuff like that. It is amazing, and he is an outstanding worker. Uh, Warren, what do you think about this this move to, to bring in Alex Shelley, who I don't know if he signed. I doubt it, but... Look, you just said it yourself. The time splitters are back, and that's most of what a lot of us just need to know because that that's really really good news and you know what's good you know what's fun is that this is a legitimate surprise and it's a yeah. legitimate surprise for wrestling fans for people who know who we're talking about y there is reason to get excited about it it's not just like oh, his surprise uh, partner is going to be cameron grimes how will they ever get along they both like the hat so much it's nothing like that it's it's really it, it, it's something that's a little out of the blue because, like you said, we didn't – is he signed? Is he, We don't know. So when this they, is cool. When they made the announcement in the arena, you could hear shocked yes. screams from people. Yeah. Like they could not believe it was happening. Like that's a, that's a big deal. 
Like that's one of those things. Like that's a true surprise because again, like when when they announced it, I was like, I had to like go back and look. Like, did they sign him? And I missed that. Like, was I not paying attention that day when the news broke? Oh, okay. So this is like out of the blue. Now I'm not as familiar with the Time Splitters oeuvre because I wasn't watching a lot of uh, like out out of the country stuff when they were working in New Japan at that time. I was like w- watching the pay per views and that's it. Like like it was a rough time. <laughs> like at, at night for me while I was working and I was acting, you have rehearsals all night. So I was kind of like maybe YouTube a thing from raw here or there. But when I started working with Fightful, that was all gone. And so I wasn't paying attention to that, whatever. But I'm like, I know what a big deal it is that the time splitters are back together and they're in NXT, at least for this tournament. Now the, the best thing about it is if they win their first match, which they, they get, they, well, they should, uh, they, they, they get O'Reilly and fish. <sighs> In okay. the second round. So here's the thing. Like, one of my favorite matches of all time is Battle of the Super Juniors, there you uh, go. Kushida and Kyle O'Reilly. Yep. Oh, boy. I had been yep. out of the gym for probably a solid year after that, and I watched that match, and I was like, I'm going to go wrestle today. I was like, I'm going to go go learn some chain stuff today. That's how – it's so good. They've got yep. such natural chemistry. It didn't seem like they even called anything like at, before the match. It seemed like it was all on the fly and mm-hmm. natural, and they, they've just got that unspoken chemistry. And I can't wait to see how uh, Alex Shelley and Bobby Fish play into that as well uh, in NXT. Warren, this is... I mean, I think uh, you guys are selling the Grizzled Young Veterans a little short. Oh, piss <laughs> off, mate. <laughs> but look, I'll at least at least say this. I'll let, well uh, because I do agree. I mean, it would be such a waste to just have it just uh, peter out. Only, yeah. Oh my god! But I do have to underscore the work of Zach Gibson, who alongside Marcel Bartel is one of the unsung heroes yes. of NXT UK. That dude is amazing. He is so consistent in the ring and one of the best mic workers in the entire, entire company. So it will be a fun match next week. It'll be a bit of a heartbreaker for me to see Zach Gibson lose again. But, I mean, the upside is much – it will comfort me much, much more. If you guys want to see a bit of a preview of what we could be looking forward to in Red – or not Red Dragon anymore, uh, Undisputed Era and Time Splitters, I think Power Struggle 14, I think Final Battle 2014 – I know they had some interactions at Wrestle Kingdom uh, the following year, and they, they've done a couple of a couple of other matches. Oh man, really good stuff there. Yeah, it, it, this this tournament field makes me wish that it, the prize was a match versus UE because I would love for to see like you know Time Splitters go through the whole thing. Yeah, and 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 win the tournament, and then because of that, they get their match versus UE. Having UE in the tournament makes me think there's no way they could possibly lose. But if it's a non-title match, which it would be in this tournament, they could lose to to uh, you know Kushida and and Shelley, and then wind up feuding with them down the road after Kushida and Shelley win the tournament if Shelley actually signs long term. This is all just all coming together so haphazardly yeah. that I'm I'm looking at all the angles and I'm, I can't wait to see what they do with it. Mia Yim defeated Caden Carter. This one was not for me. Uh, but after the match, Mia gets laid out by Chelsea Green. 
oh man, Mia sold this poorly. She yep. like got fallen into barely and then tumbles out of the ring. Needs some work, man. And the yeah. thing is, Mia's been there for a long time. Mia's been around for a long time. She had a really good May Young Classic run, but yep. I mean, the thing is, I'd seen her on TV for so long before that. I was like, "All right, she's turned a corner." But a lot of this work, even the character stuff, like it just doesn't seem natural. Yeah, I mean, the 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 the, the sell at the of the attack, I, I will I will put straight on. Um, the believability of where they put her. I knew they they had to do it for the for the camera angle, but she was staring directly up the ramp. Yeah, like there's no way she could have been surprised by Chelsea Green running down the ramp to attack her. So she didn't sell it because there was no way for her to sell it because she saw it happening. Um, the match was whatever. Just trying to like you know like pitch Caden Carter as a up and comer. You know, it's like see where she actually goes in the next year or so, like getting matches under her belt. That's fine. As the match was happening, I was like, well, Dakota Kai runs in and, and attacks. Otherwise, this doesn't make any sense. Why is this match even happening? Yeah. Um, but it wasn't Dakota Kai. It was Chelsea Green, um, which I was like, Chelsea Green's had matches on two straight episodes of main event, one and one. She She had an awesome match, I thought. With Charlotte on on Raw, I thought that it was yeah. a really good showing for her, and they, it brought out a cool fire in Charlotte. That you don't they they announced her as a new member of the division, so I was like, "All right, cool, she's on Raw now." But I will say this: credit to Robert Stone for saying free agent signing that cleared it up a little bit. I, yeah. I like that because I've been asking them to, and a lot of people have said, "Well, NXT and Raw are on USA," and I'm like, "Okay, then just say that. Just That's say, yep. just have William Regal say." Well, we've got a little bit more flexibility because USA wants us to compete with Fox, yada yada. As reported on FightfulSelect.com today, by the way, Robert Stone making his debut on NXT TV. Uh, what do we got to do to get Malcolm Bivens on television? I, I, I don't know. What the what know. the hell is? Let's be honest. Malcolm Bivens as Stokely Hathaway should have been on Monday Night Raw. Like immediately, as yeah. soon as AOP were out there, when yeah. they kicked, uh, when they kicked Paul Ellering to the curb, he yeah. should have met Stokely Hathaway on the ramp, and yep. Stokely just took him from him. That's yep. what should have happened. But instead, they wasted like a year and a half of those guys' lives. Yeah, just because they they didn't have the confidence and how they could book them without having them in a main event angle. And now, fortunately, they got something good going on. Get Stokely on TV. Jesus yes. Christ. Uh, but hey, yeah. a, a male manager for a female talent? Warren, I'm digging that. It's something I've been begging for for a while on the show. Sure. I mean, it, it, it's some, why not do the little re role reversal thing? It'll work. It'll work. Why wouldn't it work? It's, it's, a, it's a good idea. Just mixes everything up. It makes sense as well. Look, but I mean, Stokely is one of the best things about wrestling internet right now. Malcolm Bivens. He really, really is. On Twitter, every time he posts stuff, it's always – it's brilliant. There's always just a, 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 an extra level to everything he does, which is fantastic. I'm – on one hand, I'm like, yes, put this guy on TV. But then I'm also afraid as to what creative sure. will deliver unto him mm -hmm. because – what makes Malcolm Bivens special 
is Malcolm Bivens, and it is not yeah. a writer's room, and it's not yeah. Vince McMahon. Lots of people in the like in the comments are like, "Well, isn't he managing that that giant?" No, that's a, what they do on live events. Doesn't have a damn thing. No. Robert Stone had not been managing Chelsea Green on the live no. events. He had been managing Riddick Moss and Dorian Mock. Don't think we're gonna see them anytime soon. No. Uh, but meanwhile, you got Malcolm doing all this other stuff. I, I don't think the big man that they signed like a year ago, or they signed the, the same class as Matt Riddle and had never wrestled before. I don't yeah. think he's exactly ready. Don't think he's no. taken to it like a duck to water. No, he's gigantic though. Yeah, he um, is big. Like, yeah, he's a very big dude. When, when him um, and Matt signed, Matt sent me these pictures of him. I was like, God damn! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I agree with everything you're saying about the, the Malcolm Bivens and, and his overall greatness. Um, I like the Robert Stone thing as far as I've seen, like what they're doing with it. The comically oversized glasses, uh, conjure up Harvey Whippleman to me. So I'm <laughs> cool with that. Um, and he did say it's the first signing to the Robert Stone brand. So I wonder who the subsequent signings will be. I'm wondering if Diana Perrazzo will be a signing to the brand because, They've been they've been marketing her and D, and Chelsea Green as a as a tandem unit. Um, they they have logos with the same font for crying out loud. So if they're if they're going to split them up, <laughs> interesting. I don't know what, what that means for Diana, but I would like it to see if we, we we if every week for the next month or so we get we get Robert Stone bringing out a new signing, uh, a yeah. co-ed stable. Managed by by uh, Robert yeah, Stone. Thing, we don't we don't see co-ed stables or anything like that, and, and we really nope. should. Well, yep. we in NWA, see... we do. Fair. Uh, Keith Lee defeated Cameron Grimes, Dominic Dijakovic, and Damian Priest to gain a an NXT North American Championship match. Good stuff. Big shocker, Alex. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, is that. <laughs> That it's predictable in that I I couldn't see anybody else having a, of that like having a storyline you know build up to a match with with Roderick St- uh, Strong it didn't make a lot of sense for any of the other other three to do it but sometimes the predictable decision is still the right one sure um, and this was this was great it, it built him even more um, I, I thought that all four guys looked great in the match there was a lot of cool stuff that each of them got to do with pairings. Cameron Grimes got to do a deadlift German suplex to Dominic uh, Dijak. That was awesome. Um, there was another spot where um, where he was about to do a missile dropkick or something from the top rope into the ring. And then Dominic got up and was r- rushing at him. So he said, no, instead I'm going to do a moonsault outside of the ring like it was like he just he had a moment it was like well the plan a is not gonna work i'm gonna try plan b and it did work that was great the cave in on dijack on the apron was excellent i i love that keith lee's new gimmick is now like rising up from out of frame (laughs) to attack somebody that's his new thing he does all the time now i'm here for it um this was all fantastic um keith lee um absolutely is the right guy to push I think he's the guy who's going to take the title off of Roderick Strong. I think he's going to have a nice long reign, um, unless they decide we got to get this guy up on Monday or, or or Saturday by WrestleMania. I don't know either. But like again, if we're if we're getting NXT guys in the uh, in the Royal Rumble, he's certainly a dark horse. Like every, you can tell 
how how over he is wherever he goes. You could make him into a star. Could it be that the that Survivor Series weekend has got him more over because he was already over? But the, the reactions he was getting tonight, they were tremendous. Yeah. It was huge, huge stuff. Of course, I just popped on over from AEW tonight. I was maybe starving for some excitement. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, it was, it was really, really astounding to me just how loud the reactions he was getting. Good for him and good for Keith Lee. If the, if Survivor Series weekend and, Facing off with Roman Reigns at the end of the uh, of the uh, the Survivor Series match that they had, if that helped boost him in the eyes of fans everywhere, good because by God, that guy is amazing. Well, that was NXT, but let me talk to you guys about something very important: penis, erect penis, erect penis is performing exceptionally. That's what happens when you take Blue Chew from BlueChew.com. Brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. You know they're effective. But they're a little bit more effective. They're cheaper. They're better for your erect penis. That's because it's a chewable. It can get into your system a lot faster. It's a lot quicker because you don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. It's prescribed online by Blue Chew-affiliated physicians and comes straight to your door discreetly. That's right. You can get an erect penis, and you can get it rather discreetly. BlueChew.com. By using that code FIGHTFUL, you get your first shipment for free. Just pay $5 shipping. That's it. It's good stuff. You don't have to have a problem with erectile dysfunction in order to take BlueChew, although it will get your penis erect. It will. That's the long and the short of it. Hopefully the long of it, but if it's the short of it, do. You know what? Blue Chew's performance will... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Give you that confidence you need to make you perform. <laughs> what, are you, what are you laughing at, Warren? No, it's, it, you, it feels so very didactic tonight, the, the, the read. It's like, I don't know what that means, me. and I think you know that I don't know what that means, and I'm going to take it as an insult. <laughs> If you want to die with that dick, take bluechew.com. Code Fightful. So from now on, we're not going to say things like that because I'm going to take it as disrespect. Much like I took this episode of AEW, which was not 
good. And can we pre- can we preface this real quick, Sean? Because I feel we need to. Sure. Last week, last week, AW had arguably its best episode so far. Yeah. And we were excited about it. And we love wrestling. You and I, Sean, and Alex as well. And we want companies to do well. And we really do. And we appreciate it. And we are not afraid to come out and say when things are good and it's objective and we try to be as fair as possible. But it's not going to be possible tonight. It really isn't. And honestly, I I like AEW because I want it to succeed. Because I think what they do is important. Yes. But tonight was not it. And this is a path that they have to quickly jump off of. And it it just – it boggles my mind how quickly they pivoted back to this after coming back after the, the, the New Year's break with something so exceptional. Something where you're like, yes, let's keep going down this road. I dig this. That they flip back – flip back. They flip over to this and I'm just confused. I'm really, really confused, and I'm and I'm disappointed. I I feel like a disappointed dad, which is strange. Well, tonight was a night where established tag teams got beat by like part time tag teams. Kenny Omega and Hangman Page defeated uh, Private Party. The, you know there are a lot of questions about Hangman Page and what's going on with him and all that. What did you think of the, about this match, Warren? I I thought it was off. I really, really thought it, the the match was off. And, you know, taking the time to look at it and, you know, I even tweeted it out just to make sure it wasn't just me or the frame rate was really slow on my end. I found private party just weren't there tonight. I thought that their 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 move sets weren't connecting properly. I thought Mark I thought Mark Quinn was slow. He had one exchange where he was fighting off Omega and uh, and Paige at once. And he was just turning around. He was doing like he was awesome Kong for a second there. I was not impressed. Uh, I thought Page and Omega's offense had some spark to it, but I thought Private Party, and this is odd because they're usually quite explosive and really, really good. And I thought they drug, they they dragged the match down. I didn't think it was all that great. They did not look TV ready for the, no. one of the first times that I've seen them backstage. Pac, Pac has shown uh, attacking Michael Nakazawa before demanding oh, yeah. that Kenny Omega give him a rubber match. You know, at this point, Nakazawa should just stay home. Just it's not stay as if they're home, dude. Him. Or not, lock not... the door or something. <laughs> <laughs> just stay around with people. Have people constantly with you. Never you know? alone. Never alone. Always witnesses. They got to do a BTE skit where Michael Nakazawa is like the stereotypical horror movie idiot. Where it's like, don't <laughs> go in the room. Do not go up the stairs. Pack is there. And he does. <laughs> Or, or I was also thinking they should do the thing like, like a Ferris Bueller or something where like he puts a bunch of basketballs in the bed and then puts the covers over them yes. and Pac comes in and starts beating up the bed. Oh, damn it. Where are you? So Brandy Rhodes joins commentary for the next match, which quite frankly, I think had the greatest finish in wrestling history. <laughs> Everything associated with this was great. And I will sing the praises of this. Uh, as much as I can, as often as I can, and it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that Brandy Rhodes might be cutting my hair for a charitable <laughs> cause and that I think that bad things could happen to me. It has nothing to do with the fact that Awesome Kong carries a knife around. Uh, nothing at all to do with that. I loved all this. Warren, did you love it as much as I did? 
Uh, no. Shut the f- shut up. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sean. I'm sorry. Like, uh, you know, I have I have no uh, I have no player in, 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 in this game here. <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, all all this was a disappointment. The match was a disappointment. The finish was a disappointment. The angle was miserable. Legitimately, not just saying this. Brandy's commentary was probably the best thing about this. She's she's good as a character in that regard, but this wasn't good. Rio doesn't need to be champ. The finish sucked. Oh, it was so bad. There were so many shenanigans during this match. That's one of the main problems is that the match didn't have time to really stretch its, its legs. Uh Statlander and Rio had a bit of a feeling out period at first. And, you know, oh, well, all wrestling matches start with a, you know, feeling out period. No, but they legitimately had a feeling out period at first where they were trying to do stuff. And it was it was looking a little weird, you know, when uh, Rio does her does her matrix escape from from the pinfall. You know, I understand that whoever's pinning her can't go crush her with with her body because she won't be able to pull it off. But Jesus, you know, Statlander left like three feet between her and 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 Rio. And I'm like, all right, all right, come on. And some stuff just wasn't it, it wasn't it just never got cooking. And I feel that if they had left, you, you could feel that they were sort of trying to that they were finally clicking. Things were building to something, but then then the the the, the Nightmare Collective arrived, and the, the, all of the shenanigans are. It Luther? was a disappointment. Why Japanese, they... hang on, Japanese deathmatch legend Luther, Sean. So I feel like I have seen probably zero Luther matches in my life, and I've been watching wrestling for thirty years. <laughs> I I legitimately thought it was bald Gangrel when he came out. That's what, that's what it looked like to me. I was like Gangrel. Oh, oh no, it's not. It's, it's somebody named Luther. Um. Uh, yeah, the all shenanigans. I thought this. I, I didn't. It's was this a DQ match? Because there was a lot of interference so, for there not to be called anything. That's the or, thing. Refs get buried again. Refs get um, buried again. Are there DQs in this company or not? Tony Khan, hit me up. EVPs, hit me up. Are there DQs in this company? If so, why are we enforcing the rules? Why are we doing that? Why are we enforcing rope breaks? I've not seen a one DQ. Three months of TV, not one DQ. So tell me, what motivation does any wrestler have to let go of a hold when the opponent grabs the ropes? Well, maybe they just don't want to hold on to a submission because they are they have broken the plane of the ring and they can't submit them. But if they want to hurt their opponent, there ain't no other reason. I know one thing, the debut of Luther hurt me. And I wish somebody would have disqualified TNT for that because that didn't need to happen. We don't need um, Luther. Yeah. No, that, no, we don't. And and here's what else we don't need. We don't need the Nightmare Collective angle co-opting the entire women's division because what happened at the end? You had Sheeta run in and you had Big Swole run in. So you had all the baby faces. I like that Britt Baker sort of stayed on the sidelines. was like, nah, nah, this, I don't have a dog in this fight no more. There's no reason for this angle to co-opt the entire women's division. There just isn't. And because what is the end game here? What What is the end game? A, a match with Awesome Kong, 40 years old, banged up, that is not even close to being who she used to be? A match with Brandy? 
A match with Mel? There, what is the end game to the Nightmare Collective? It, it's not working. And even if you try to think about it long term, it's not. Con- it, it, it doesn't make sense. They had an exciting prospect of a match here tonight. Now, are all the baby faces? Are they all going to align again with each other to fight off the nasty, nasty uh, 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 Nightmare Collective? Does that mean that we're not going to get? A world title match at some point between or in the next few months between Chris Statlander and, and Sheeta because they have to fight off the baddies. It's I I it, tonight sort of exasperated me because now it feels like it's the blanket thing over the entire women's division, a women's division that had actually started building some goodwill that we started yes. to get behind. It was like, yeah, there's stuff happening. Finally, they've got some great signings. They got some great women. But then this and the luther stuff nah i'm, I'm i've checked out luther, and here's luther one made it so much worse too that's the thing yeah. like, like i would have thought that it was a bad finish but i wouldn't have thought it was in the early runnings to be one of the worst finishes of 2020 yeah. if the luther thing wasn't there like it was so out of place yeah that he him him pointing to the to the to the paint on his forehead over and over again was really weird like i've got a dot on my forehead look at it and here's a dot here's the other thing japanese deathmatch legend whatever why are you bringing in deathmatch guys again into aew when you have a deathmatch guy who hasn't even bled once he hasn't even bled on TV once. Oh I don't God. understand what they're doing. So here's the thing. Like, I don't have a problem with the Nightmare Collective doing the Nightmare Collective thing. I wish they wouldn't do the Straight Edge Society straight rip. Hey, cut their hair off. That's it. Take a lock of their hair. Say that's how you get in. That's how you prove it. Whatever. I like adding Melanie Cruz. Sure. Uh, Riho and Hikaru Shida came out, or they helped afterwards. Britt Baker did not help. She sat in the crowd, watched along. I'm cool with that. Adding the edge that she mm-hmm. needs. Britt was the only person that benefited from this segment. There were I like agree. there were like 12 people here, and one person benefited. You could argue that maybe Big Swole did just because she got her face on TV. The the convolution of this segment and this whole angle is exactly why I was so disappointed when I, not disappointed, but just didn't make any sense to me why AEW would not have driven a truck full of money up to Mercedes Martinez's house. Maybe they did, and she said no. Yeah. But, like, like she's so great, so established. You, she's a straight-up women's wrestler with all this gimmickery and crap. Like, just have her be this person that all your young people chase and if and after a few years, if, if you say she's too old or whatever, and she leaves, but at least for a first few years, you could establish a regular ass women's division before throwing all this shamockery all over it. I was very surprised that Impact Wrestling, as soon as Santana and Ortiz left, didn't pivot and bring in Diamante, Ivelisse, and Mercedes as new LAX. Like with with the the depth of their women's division. To be like, all right, well, we've lost an LAX before. We replaced a guy with Machete. Uh, we lost him again. Well, we've got Santana and Ortiz bringing in three familiar, really good women's workers and doing that. I'm like, man, that seemed like it just made a ton of sense. But Mercedes is uh, signed by WWE, according to SoCal Uncensored. And let me tell you, 
That one got some attention. That was one of our most trafficked articles over the past month. I did sure. not expect that. That was very good. Uh, we see a video package for Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. Then Sammy Guevara defeated Christopher Daniels. This based off of the, the uh, really a match built on the botches from Christopher Daniels and whether or not he still got it. Another dumb finish because Pentagon is out on the, the ramp talking trash and Guevara lays out Daniels. Man, these, some of these finishes. AEW does a lot of distraction finishes and a lot yeah. of interference finishes, Warren. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, when, uh, when commentary is putting over the fact that Christopher Daniels is, uh, you know, he's this veteran and, uh, you know, uh, especially, you know, when Evil Uno, when he came out, I don't want to jump the gun too much, but when he came out and did his promo talking about, you know, how, you know, he, uh, Daniels' fingerprints are all over pro wrestling and uh, his influence and so on and so forth. If he loses a match because he gets distracted because the dude is up on the ramp talking, I'm like, mm, mm, I'm, uh, uh, you haven't learned much. Are, those are some pretty big fingerprints. That happens all the time. <laughs> yes. I mean, he was the one who started it, and everybody else has been following suit. Uh, my my biggest thing with the with with the Dark Order, aside from the fat guy in the in the in the besides the fact that they suck. Yeah, but I mean, like, aside from that specific thing, I don't understand why. I'm supposed to be listening to this dude in the mask with with the with the button all the way up to the collar and the sport coat and the weird fitting khakis. I don't know why. Their their tough guy is named Stu. Stu is not a tough guy's name. Like the actual dude named Stu had to change his name to the much cooler and tougher sounding name of Wade to tell in order me to actually get over as a, as a tough guy. Tell me any time you saw Tommy Pickles' dad get his ass kicked. Tell me one time. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't. Well, Chucky yeah, Finster never messed with him. In he my head headcam in canon, he was getting his ass kicked every day off camera. So Damn, man. So that did happen. Eh, whatever. You know, it's setting up SCU and Dark Order, but it's so generic. It's such a generic setup. Is oh, it setting gonna... up them? Is it setting up them in Dark Order? Is it setting up the Young Bucks in Dark Order? Like, everybody just wants to fight the, the Dark Order, but just, just the Dark Order is just there to, like, say, join us, here's a mask, and have the mask thrown back at them. Yeah. Yay. I, I, if I were to be presented with the problem of the Dark Order, I would have them wrestle jobbers. I would have them crush dudes. And then at the end of the match, pull up the dudes and say, we beat you tonight. If you don't want us to beat you again, if you want to be able to beat other people, wear these masks. And then you see the formation of the creeps. Then you start to understand why there's a half a dozen weirdos hanging around them all the time. I would have taken more time with, um, uh, what's her name, Silver and um, whatever. Uh, I would have taken more time and not just focus it on like, BTE. They did it in like two weeks on TV. Yeah, two, yeah exactly. And, one and like two episodes of BTE. I wouldn't have – I would have taken a little more time to draft these guys. I would establish the fact that they are dominant because I don't understand why SCU, outside of the beating from last uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, outside of that beating, I don't know why the Bucks and SCU want to go after him that much. There's no reason to it. And I've said it once and I'll say it again. It breaks my heart 
because the Dark Order, formerly known as Super Smash Bros., are really, really good. Stu Grayson is has the potential to be a breakout star in AEW. They're being booked too uh, haphazardly to for them to really get over and use their strengths to their advantage. It, it wouldn't take much, I don't think. But they have to establish them as credible threats. And right now, it's just like, oh, it's these, it's these guys again, as opposed to them being really restrained. And why would Stu Grayson jump back into the ring to fight off four guys? Dumb. Why did he do that? Now, he jumped into the ring and said, four, I like these odds. No, Stu. No, you don't. Reynolds and Silver lost to, like, I think, Inner Circle and Best Friends in October, Jurassic Express in December. They should have lost to every single team on the roster. Private sure. Party, Lucha Brothers, Young Bucks, Cody and Dustin should have happened. Every single team on the roster should have beaten them and gotten a win, a quick win, to really establish that these guys were losers that needed something. They needed a change. Instead, we got BTE, which... Honestly, not everybody watches, and less people seem to watch. Uh, I see less buzz about it now than before AEW TV, because quite frankly, there's more AEW content on. Not as many people are watching AEW Dark either, and some of these stories have to be put forth on Dynamite. You can't assume that everybody is watching everything with all the content that we see, and I just feel like they didn't do a good job conveying that. Uh, they are doing a good job, I think, conveying that Arn Anderson is helping turn around Cody's career. He and Dustin Rhodes beat the Lucha Brothers. I thought this was fine. You, you all know how I feel about Pentagon's work. Eh. On the other hand, I think Dustin Rhodes gives whatever effort Pentagon isn't giving, Dustin Rhodes gives like like two or three times as much. Mm -hmm. I don't have a problem with Cody and Dustin winning. But Pentagon and Phoenix losing seems a little off unless they're going to go somewhere with that because you got Pentagon trying to fight Christopher Daniels, but he just lost. And I don't – it's hard for me to be interested in watching two losers fight, Warren. It's been a while since the Lucha Bros actually pulled off a big deciding win. And they are supposed to be tag team specialists. They're supposed to be, as commentary likes to say, one of the best tag teams in the world, along with the Young Bucks, which is really strange. He keeps saying that the Young Bucks and Lucha Bros are two of the best tag teams in the world. Yes, they had, yet they have tag team champions. Anyway, um, it, it, it's, it's a strange combination. I like, you can argue, okay, you can argue that, you know, Dustin and Cody, they're brothers and they have that brother connection, you know, <laughs> like Jim Ross pointed out during commentary. These are real brothers, not wrestling brothers. So that can help, I guess, in a tag team situation. But the Lucha Brothers are tag team specialists. They've been doing that. They've been doing this, this shtick for a long, long time. I don't, I don't like it when two singles guys come out and beat an established tag team. I, I just don't like it. But I mean, I, I buy Cody and Dustin as a tag team. I mean, they were former sure, WWE tag champions. No, like I said, you know, you can you can make an argument for it. Um, I I I I thought this match was okay. I like Ray Phoenix a lot. I think he's fantastic. You know, the he had a nice hook kick at some point with a really nice rolling cutter and the running tightrope kick on Cody. But you could tell, you could tell that you know they were put in a position where they had to wrestle more of a uh, more of a, I'm afraid to use the term standard, but 
big uh, allow me uh, allow me the use here more of a standard type of tag team match as opposed to something a little more spot heavy with the bucks and you know it wasn't quite as thrilling as it usually is but uh this was fine this was this was an okay match we have people that say oh the lucha brothers don't lose all the time they were finalists for the time pentagon no. has won two of his last nine matches in aew two of his last nine matches he has won there he beat christopher daniels in that miserable match and then he and ray phoenix beat adam page and Kenny Omega. Other than that, he, I mean, he was losing Trent on Dark, for the love mm-hmm. of God. Like, it's he isn't winning a lot. This this ain't Lucha Underground Season 1 Pentagon we're talking about here. <laughs> After the match, Tony Schiavone interviews Cody and Arn Anderson. They say that um, they will get back to Schiavone about the match, but MJF comes out to the ring with Wardlow and calls out Cody. Now, there is... Cody's absence is very curious in multiple spots here. He calls Cody a coward, says that Cody is afraid to face him, calls him a little bitch, and DDP comes out. 60-something DD, 60-something-year-old DDP. Looking like he has eaten zero of the gluten. <laughs> looks in great shape. And he cuts a promo, and it is kind of hilarious that MJF tweeted from the ring, Will this old guy ever shut the hell up? Which was that fantastic? That was great. We see the Wasn't butcher the- and the blade, and then there's a big brawl that breaks out. And Dustin's well, out hang there. On. Hang on, hang on, hang on. There's a big brawl that breaks out. It's DDP who fights off the butcher and the blade all by himself. Yep. And then oh. he sort of gets thrown into Wardlow, who sort of just like chest bumps him off. Wardlow looked like a dope in the ring because he didn't do anything. They all looked like dopes because none of them decided to triple or quadruple team the Hall of Famer guy. I don't care how great you are with DDP yoga, how much it tones and and, and renders your body flexible so that you can do things never thought imagined before. But you're four guys on one dude. Your odds are pretty good. This was... Uh, oh man, and it, and I didn't care for DDP's promo either. If you told me 30 years later that I would be, that DDP would be on TNT, I was like, oh, come on, that's enough. Uh, I was, was ridiculous. I, I, I was MJF tonight. I really, really was. <laughs> when, when DDP came out, I was like, I tweeted out in all caps, please give the diamond cutter to Mad Max Theodore Roosevelt. I didn't think he was actually going to do it. Like, that's stupid. Theodore, Maximus Theodore Roosevelt should have beaten him down. He's a 75-year-old man. Well, or they they wrestled around like, the same time, actual Theodore Roosevelt and true. DDP. And they DDP. were born in the same year. <laughs> but <laughs> now uh, now DDP is booked next week for a wrestling match. My God. Like, Jesus. Of all the things AEW shouldn't steal from WWE... Putting over old timers over your current roster is top on my list. Well, do not do that. There seems to be a trend with this, right? And I, you know, I don't want to necessarily start. NWA is doing the exact same thing. They have the Rock and Roll Express currently, they're tag team champions. And guess who popped up this week on Power? They got got freaking Scott Steiner showing up. And you know that he's not going to just 
lay down and do the job, there's going to be there's a little more something to it. Then you have DDP here. I don't know, man. It's I agree with Alex. It's a little strange these types of strategies. DDP wrestled on WC, WCW Nitro, uh, I think, 25 years ago, 1995, against Johnny B. Bad, and here we are, 2020, <laughs> it's happening. Cody not being out there was ridiculous. His brother was there, unless we're given a reason that I didn't hear, why the hell wouldn't Cody be there? Oh, commentary said, oh, uh, Cody's already left the building. What? He was it just, just happened. He just walked well, back. I He's mean, in the shower. What what they what they could have easily done was one of the stipulations that MJF laid out was that you can't touch me ever, or uh, or the matches will never have the match with me. So have him come out halfway down the ramp and have Arn Anderson holding him back, saying, "If you want this match, you can't you you can't you can't whatever. Like if you don't want to actually get involved in the brawl, fine." Or, I understand why he's not out there at all. Or have him beat up everybody but MJF, but MJF. and sure. then then hold his punch. Sure, like yeah. I was about to, I was about to kick your ass, but sure. I want this match. Damn man, rough, rough dude. Uh, Jurassic Express defeated the uh, best friends and Orange Cassidy. Most over match of the night by far. You got a bunch of over people. In a good match and a good finish, and I like that I dig the roster or the the things resetting because it's like it's like one season you you have a bad season, the next season you turn it around, you're in yeah. the playoffs all of a sudden. I, I kind of dig that. How do you feel about this? I I, I look uh, um, Marco Stunt getting the home crowd hometown crowd reaction was fantastic. Orange Cassidy continues being over. I like Chucky e. T working on his. Pre-APA Bradshaw cosplay tonight. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, look, Jungle Boy looked really, really good. I thought that Luchasaurus's kicks were – a couple of them were a little softly soft, soft. Towards Didn't hamstring, quite... man. I, I, yeah. Personally, personally, I was shocked to see him back so early. Yeah, so – I think he just has to be careful and maybe maybe transfer a bit of his offense. But look, I mean, uh, this had all the it hit all the right notes, and it was such a refreshing match. I, they should have put this right after Statlander and Rio, knowing what kind of cluster it was going to be. That would have just lifted everyone's spirits. Uh, it was a shame that we got it so long, uh, so far down the card. But when it did happen, it it did feel good to just to be able to be happy about something. And I mean, the thing is Luchasaurus didn't take that much time off with his injury. Mm. Like he just didn't. And if it was, I, I, it was rumored that it was like a torn hamstring or something. He wrestled every single month after that, even though he had a little bit of time off here and there, that ain't good, man. If you dealt with any type of hamstring injury, that's, that's rough. So I hope it's not still bothering him. Well, uh, main event segment, it's Chris Jericho throwing a bit of a party for John Moxley making his decision for the inner circle. And John Moxley accepts the invitation to the inner circle. I thought that the finish of this was one of the better things on the show, even though you saw it coming from a mile away. Predictable ain't bad if it's just good. And this was good. He was like, I can't be bought, so I'm joining inner circle. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and, and he celebrated with him before cracking 
a little bit of the bubbly over Chris Jericho's head. And he hits some gnarly paradigm shift death riders, whatever the hell you want to call them. Sammy Guevara took an awesome one. This ruled, guys. Alex, I see you eager to talk about this. Yeah, no, I, 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 I thought, here's the thing. I always, the predictable thing was he was going to say no. So when he came out and he said, you know, I didn't come here for the money. I came here to, to run roughshod over pressure wrestling. And the way to do that is the inner circle. And I was like, huh. So when's he going to say just kidding? Yeah. And as the thing went on, I was like still waiting for the other shoe to drop. And it didn't, and it didn't, and it didn't until I was like, holy crap, are they really going with this? And that's when Moxley was like, hey, Chris, by the way, I was just kidding. I was no, I'm going to join the inner circle. <laughs> and just the look on Jericho's face was like, oh, damn. Because <laughs> he, he knew he was holding the bottle, and he knew everything was going to happen, but he was powerless to stop it. I thought this was all perfect. Like, John Moxley, especially the way you said it, I was just kidding. Like, it was gonna- just Perfect line reading. Love it. I would I would have popped it like Moxley had said. You know, I know this weekend you tried to run into me so that we could talk about it, but you know, you know I was purposefully I was purposefully avoiding you. I had a you know kind of just a little something like that. They mentioned um, Wrestle Kingdom in the promo too. Yeah, they did. Yes, that's right. The the um, to me I liked I liked the ending, but they the every the, to me the the main event segment here was indicative of the entire show. It was just mistimed. The the show clearly finished early or the and they had a little too much time to kill because the whole segment it felt like they restarted the party three times to get to yeah. the angle. And it started getting awkward to me. I was like, they all right. They champagne to squirt all over the yeah, place. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, they were trying real hard to get the carbonation going. It was getting kind of weird at some point in the ring, if you know what I mean. But the thing is, is the if you want to get your carbonation going, visit bluechew.com code fightful. Shoot everywhere. Give her Sean a and I are going on the road with Sean and I are going on the road with our act soon. Yes. Um the uh but that's the only, that's the main problem I had with the angle at the end. It's uh they were clearly killing some time and everything just felt awkward. I'm, and and I, I like look. Don't get me wrong. You know the 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 cra- cracking the bottle across Chris Jericho's skull is a great great visual. I like Sammy Guevara's uh, uh, shtick with the um, uh, with the signs. I think the- it's wow. during the commercials. It's real good. It's real real good. It's- I think it's fantastic. He has to keep that. That and the Jericho walking around backstage thing are the only two things that have kept my attention on. Any picture-in-picture commercial of late, like uh, over the mm-hmm. past year probably, those two things. Because you, you don't have to guess what's going on. You can see what's going on. It's Did awesome. Fed? Yep, absolutely. But I, I, this this is good. I mean it was inevitable that the, the, this was going to be the uh, – that this was going to be the outcome. Uh, th- that's the main event that uh, that's going to happen at Revolution. It's something we want to see. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm all for it. But I just felt, my god – it 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 closed the show in such in such a way that it it just made complete sense in the entire context of tonight's dynamite tonight's dynamite felt like a WWE show for all the wrong reasons it finishes with a yeah. with a main event angle that sort of dragged on 
They tried some weird angles that didn't connect. The rest, the in-ring wrestling wasn't there. The matches were a little short and a lot of meaningless stuff happening. It was just real, real drab tonight. That was NXT. That was AEW. Uh, guys, I know a lot of you are, are always asking me do more features for non-AEW, non-WWE stuff. I have a big one dropping in the morning. A guy named Chris Michaels. Maybe you've heard of him. Maybe you haven't. It's it's pretty wild, the story, how I even came to know him personally. But he's done spots on TV for WCW, for WWF, for TNA. He did one for Impact last year, main eventing a Twitch show with John Morrison. He coached at the Performance Center earlier this year. And there's an interesting bit to that story at the end of it. It is a 7,000-word long form. I've got a full interview, video interview dropping in the morning. I really want you guys to check this out. He's had a lot of ups, a lot of downs. Man detached his retina and then came back and wrestled. Like, it's it's kind of impressive. He's been so close to having, like, the shot. And if you see the guy, you would say, yeah, I could see him fitting right into 2002, 2003 TNA. And he was almost there. He tells you why that didn't happen. He tells you about the feedback he got from his WWF spots, from TNA, from a lot of places. He was brought into OVW by Jim Cornette to help mold guys like Shelton Benjamin, Randy Orton, and Brock Lesnar. To help them uh, get better in the ring. His story is pretty great. And you'll hear a little bit more about him even after that interview. But it's a very cool connection uh, that we were able to make and do this interview Check it out. It drops 11 a.m. Eastern Thursday morning. I'm doing a lot more independent wrestling interviews as well. So make sure you guys check that out. But Warren, what do you got going on this week? Uh, well, I'll be back on Friday for the uh, post-Smackdown recap with Sean right here on Sean's channel. Otherwise, I have my own show tomorrow evening that I record live, 9 p.m. Eastern, on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. A lot of you subscribing. Thank you for that. Uh, so come join me for that. It's going to be real, real exciting Going to be talking about Wrestle Kingdom. We're going to be talking about this tonight. I'm looking forward to it. Alex, uh, you will be back on Fightful this weekend at some time yeah. doing Sour Graps. You, you covered Raw this past week as well. Yes, uh, twice a week, uh, every week. I, <laughs> I, I, sub, I subject myself to the torture of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown and then uh, – not e- not even the big angles do I get that angry about, but the littlest things I start screaming about, and I can feel my blood pressure spiking. One of these days, I'm going to die live during one of these podcasts. You can watch it because I stream them on Fightful Select. <laughs> we had the list in your boy again uh, tonight. Uh, it was the first time Jimmy and I had done a, a podcast like like that in about almost a month because – of the holiday break, always landing on Wednesdays. Make sure you guys check that out. I will have an Impact post-show this weekend for Hard to Kill. I'll talk a little bit about NXT UK in case you wanted to hear about people who look exactly like the three guys that you're watching on this podcast. Uh, I feel like we could, if if you told somebody that we were the NXT UK trios champion, yeah. one, they would believe it, and two, they'd have no goddamn clue that there weren't trios <laughs> champions in NXT UK. <laughs> Until next time, guys, leave a thumbs up. Make sure you guys subscribe. Check out Fightful.com. We're out.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.